0: did come that it was cancer. I had no clue. We didn't even, between my dad and I, we didn't even know what questions to ask the doctor. So, it was quite traumatic in the beginning because we really had no idea about it. And I'm, and I'm saying 20 years back, you know, computers had just come. Google was just there. So, we weren't even half Google doctors like we are today. Okay. So it was very shocking and I still remember that when we were sitting in front of the doc and the doctor said that, you know, we'll get her started on chemotherapy. I tried to be very knowledgeable, but I had no clue what uh, chemotherapy actually meant. I had no idea that it was a drip and I had no idea about its implications. So, you know, let's call it being extremely naive and uh, ill-informed about an illness and So were the other members of my family, which was my father and my mother and me, because then my mother was the patient. And I think that was the time when I still remember I came back to office and I called up one boy who was in our daily office and he was going through chemotherapy. And I asked him, I said, you know, what is chemotherapy? Is it a capsule? Is it a tablet? What is it? And he laughed and he said, you know what, first thing, stop being so naive, get onto Google, read all about it, knowledge is power, and uh, if you know what this, this whole thing is going to entail, it'll make the journey lot more easier. And trust me, that was my beginning of uh, wanting to discover what this illness was all about. But I think by the time we were through a second chemotherapy for my mother, I was downloading a whole lot of information, mm-hmm. reading literatures about the medicines that were being given. We learned to read the back of all the, uh, you know, medicine, uh, you know, the information that mm-hmm. is given. I, I think that uh, my mother was extremely brave, so we managed it. And uh, because I didn't want her to feel that life was going to feel extremely disturbed, we even scheduled our um, mom's chemotherapies on Saturdays because I had only five day working um, in my office and I worked in advertising. So there was no time for which I would come back home. I used to come back very late at N30 11. So we'd come around to uh, managing life pretty well. And but unfortunately, uh, she had a very aggressive kind of uh, cancer. So while she went into two years of remission, those two years were very good because you know, we had sort of come back to enjoying life, but when it came back the third time it just came back with a vengeance. That mm-hmm. so was sometimes lungs, sometimes liver. I I don't think that it stopped at any part of the body. But I don't think that, you know, uh, Hello. No? Yes, yes. I'm listening. I'm listening. So, at uh, no point in time were we losing hope because I think uh, when a patient is very uh, strong and resilient, you manage to overcome these uh, uh, issues. And I think uh, I, I think we all fought a very good battle with that illness because my mother was very strong. And uh, of course, I always believe that if you're aware of what that illness is doing to you, then you prepare your mind a little better. And uh, then a time came when uh, we did lose her. But, um, yeah, that's how it was. It was extremely traumatic towards the end. And... uh, I think now, uh, later when I connected with uh, Dimple and I started working with one more uh, organization which is called Cancer, I worked with them and I said that, you know what, I'll work on the consumer piece for you and I will design your communication because um, I think now I've understood what others need to know about the illness rather than just the fear. Because uh, what Dimple taught me and her outfit when and Love You Cancer actually did uh, teach me was that, you know, the kind of lifestyle changes that you make, the kind of food that you eat, the kind of meditations that you can do can actually ease and calm your body. And you tend to take it a lot more better, mm-hmm. I think. And I see patients now, I, I think they're leading a better quality of life um, versus I know people back then, when they were going through it, uh, the treatment seemed a little more uh, rudimentary, considering that, you know, to the things of advanced and stuff like that. Well, I must say that my mother was asymptomatic, so she was never in pain. So I really haven't seen what cancer pain is like. Um, so she could lead life fully and properly. It's just that she wouldn't know the extent of damage until one point she would Collapse, and that's when the diagnosis would happen, and say, "Oh my God, it really reached the end of the, you know, mm-hmm. world." So uh, from that perspective, I really haven't seen too much of suffering. But you know, when you see your closed one go through any kind of uh, physical pain, mm. it's it's not easy. I think it affects everybody, and it sort of just sort of destroys you. Oh, yeah. So cancer is not just for the patient, it's for the entire family. The suffering is for everybody. All right.
1: And that's the sad part of it all. all right. Yeah, I, I think so. I think uh, it's a C
0: word that uh, everybody's scared of, but um, I'm sure that uh, things have changed, and I see a lot of people now braving it. Because I have friends who have gone through it or going through the treatment and stuff like that. But they're taking it a lot more positively mm-hmm. because I think there is hope. Right. And 20 years back, I think, uh, when my mother was uh, going through this cancer, she was also a trial patient, clinical trial patient. So I, I just thought that it was like so, much, so many experiments were happening on her. But... um
1: well, I guess somebody has to go through that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think. Mom, you know if there's cancer? Yeah, tell me. Yes, sorry, sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Thank you.
0: No, it's okay. I, I lost track of what I was saying.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me. Uh, I wanted
3: to know what type of cancer was she diagnosed with.
0: My mother had uh, breast cancer. And uh, interestingly, they said it's stage one. And people with stage one could live forever. Right. And, uh, but I think at Sloan Catering, when uh, they sort of went through her, the paraffin wax, you know, those tissues that you did for examination, mm-hmm. they had predicted that three years is the max that
1: she can live with. And trust me, three years is what she lived through. I think there's uh
0: Power of analysis and research was so powerful, so good that they could even predict timelines. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what is, um, you know, I think those and twenty years back when I'm saying, you know, it it is it was a very really difficult journey. You go through mastectomy, then your body doesn't know; it could win, then, because uh, the my sister used to live abroad, we knew what prosthetic drugs were all about, and it was so important. It was required for uh, uh, the body, more for medical purposes than from, you know, the cosmetic part of it. So um, today, you know, when I am I'm I'm also on the board of over Cancer, and I work with them quite uh, closely, mm-hmm. so that uh, the the person who runs that company uh, that NGO whose wife runs um, distributes uh, free prosthetic bras in Delhi and she's been awarded so many uh, prizes and everything I really feel very strongly that uh, you know today I think people in India have also become aware of uh, what cancer does to people so Mm. there is emotional care there is physical care there is I love what the dimple does, you know, the healing uh, part of it that she's involved in. I, I think it's it's a great thing. It's a great initiative that has happened. And more importantly, caregivers care. The person goes, dies and leaves so many people and so much of trauma, but... You know, you know, I wish that uh, these kinds of things were implemented in India along your path because it's not easy to go through that. Well, no. I can say one thing, that even today, if I uh, sit down and
1: talk about it, I, I can just feel the pain. Mm. So yes. Yeah, you were saying something. I'm really sorry for your loss. <laughs> I know. It is. Yes.
0: So what do you, where do you write all this? Uh,
3: we have a blog
1: section uh, on our website. Okay. So we share okay. it. Okay. So... uh... Sometimes do a patient story because that would be uh,
0: interesting to hear what patients feel. Yes, ma'am, we do this. We do that. We do it. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, as I say, I had a friend who called me last week to say, well, you know what, I've been diagnosed with early stages of cancer and I need to go through a uterus removal and stuff. And I could sense the fear in her voice and I said, oh, my God, don't even worry about it. If people can live with this coronavirus, So, cancer, just one of those things, don't even worry about it. You know, it's so easy to say things like
1: this, but your own voice doesn't give you the surety that people want to uh, hear. Hmm. (laughs) That's that. I guess. Every story is more or less similar.
3: No, I don't think so. I I have been talking with uh, people involved with cancer and what I feel is for
0: everyone it was different. For so someone But you know, I, I'll be very honest with you. Yes. Uh everybody used to tell me this and even I feel it. I think I handled and my I I could handle my mother's illness very well because my mother was very strong. And because she was asymptomatic, I think that we we do not feel extremely bogged down by seeing her in pain. So, uh, yes, the physical uh, transformation of losing hair, becoming, you know, looking very emaciated, those are things that, that would hit you hard and it would bother you. But um, I think maybe we were trying to be in a state of denial we would also laugh and take it in our stride and I used to always tell my mom that I think you look so gorgeous with this beautiful bald you have, never grow your hair and she would also wear her bindi and her, you know, bangles and she would dress up and she'd never get a wig and she said, come let's go wherever we need to go. So I think that there was some amount of bravado in the way we handled it but, um, God forbid, if somebody had to tell me to go through it again, I don't even think I'd have this chance again. That I have to admit. I think it must have been denial at that stage that uh, made us live a lot happier life then. Of course, you live with constant fear, and that fear was mine because my entire family, my brothers and sisters used to live in America and those are not even the days of FaceTime, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you had, they would call you in the evening, and you had to narrate the same story. Oh my God, it was scary. My brother would call me from US, my sister would call me from London, somebody else would call me from Delhi, and I still live in Calcutta. It was traumatic to keep repeating the same story, and then those three would be exchanging notes. And they would call me and say, but you know, you told this one to that one, but you didn't tell me. Oh my God, that was some trying part of everybody's journey. Don't do that. Don't do it. But I, I still remember, you know, that I was supposed so to get that uh, in, towards the end, uh, the cancer had gone straight to my mom's brain, And that happened on the last day of the chemotherapy when... Literally, uh, when the doctor had examined and taken x-rays and had said, you know, the liver patch, the primary source is clear, but the secondary sources are now looking better and clear, so you have a good life and stuff like that. I remember we came back home and my mom slept and she woke up. And when she woke up, she looked like she was slightly in abbreviated type, you know, she was walking with holding onto the wall. And I said, what happened? And she kept saying something, some mumbo-jumbo, which was quite shocking for me. And I went in the evening straight to the doctor because that uh, oncologist had become a good friend of ours. And I told him, I said, what kind of a treatment are you doing? And why is she talking mumbo-jumbo? I mean, she was going fine all these years. And he said, oh, my God, whatever happened? And I actually enacted. I said, you know, she woke up from the bed like this and she was walking, holding onto the wall and she was, I don't know what ever happen. He said, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to come to your house. And he came with me to the house and then he said, you know, now it's outside the realm of medicine because it's gone straight
1: to her brain. I think that's the time when I lost hope.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Otherwise, you know, I, I, like I said, there was a lot of the bravado in me. I could have
0: Taken it to any length. And I said, you know, get up. She can't be a doctor. If you're telling me it's outside the scope of any doctor to handle it, why am I wasting my time with you? Just leave.
2: Right.
0: I actually thought with him so much. And uh, he went on to becoming a good friend of mine. But the point is, at that point in time,
1: I had really lost all hope. That's that actually. I understand. Yeah, a little bit of a down to a otherwise high story. Sorry.
0: I said a little down part of the story here oh. when you know the bad doctor said oh. that, and otherwise I think yeah. I mean. Yeah, uh, like, you know, I think that we were all in denial and fighting it. And we did a good job.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We really did a good job, even if I may say so. I used to think that uh, we were going to the doc because, you know, this person needs attendance. But then so would I go to a doctor if I had malaria. And so would I go to a doctor if I had flu. So it's just one of those things that just needs attention and uh, let's move on with life. And I
1: think that attitude just helps me to deal with a lot of shit. Trust me. That is so honest for me. I mean, that is the only way to have lived life. I didn't know any other way. How was your experience with I, doctors and hospitals other than this person? No, you know, something
0: um, because, uh, like I said, that my, uh, touch rope, my mother never had any other problem. Mm-hmm. So, besides just going for once in three weeks or once in two weeks, whenever those chemotherapies used to happen, which is a daycare. I used to go with her at 9 o'clock, and by 12, we would be home. So at 12.30. So there were never any hospital stays and any of those things. Okay. So, um, but you know, now that you're telling me, and uh, I have to say that for us, that my mother's illness was nothing short of sea grade Hindi film. Because the day my mother was diagnosed with cancer, I still remember that my dad and I came back home at 10 in the night. And uh, my mom knew that uh, we were going to collect her report because she'd gone through that minor, uh, what's it called? The tissue that you take, uh, that biopsy thing, yes. So she knew that uh, we were going to come back later and uh, tell. So when she opened the door, she looked at our faces and she said, okay, so when do I have to get this medicine? And it was horrific because, you know, that, I think that's the kind of strength that mothers have in them.
2: Right.
0: So I told her, I said, mom, they have to do a mastectomy. But the best part is that she's stage one and that you're going live a much longer time. But uh, those were not even the days of, uh, you know, um, uh, whatever it's called, the breast uh, reconstruction surgery. Mm-hmm. And uh, we said that we uh, will get you prosthetic bras from the U.S., so you will be just fine. And uh, But the worst thing for us was that my grandfather and my grandmom, who were in the 80s, they were visiting us and they were staying with us. Okay. And because there were only three of us in the house, and we had to leave for Bombay, We had to pack off our grandparents to my uh, aunt's house. Mm -hmm. And we called our driver and we said, tomorrow morning, you will take them and drop them in Guvenasio, which is just uh, six hours uh, by train. And we had to tell this to our granddad that we take taking mom to Bombay and she would be just fine, but you come back in a week's time because we'll be back in four days. And uh, my grandmother and my grandfather had left But um, I was really old, and uh, they were my nana-nani, and they had gone. But by the time they reached Uvineshwar, and they reached my Masi's house, and they were having lunch, and my Masi knew that this is what had happened to my mom, it came out of her mouth. And she said, Dad, I can't believe that, you know, our elder sister has been diagnosed with cancer. My grandfather died having lunch on the dining table he couldn't bear a shock of it and in the meantime we had gone to Bombay and we had just landed there when my aunt called to say that granddad is no more and so I didn't know y'all hadn't said this to him and so when he heard this is what happened so it was very shocking you know so for those 11 7 days the stitches didn't come out or 4 days the stitches didn't come out and yet my mother kept saying, dial the number, why is my dad not speaking? Why is he not calling? Oh my god, it was so so shocking.
2: Oh.
0: And then we had to break the news to her. And that also in consultation with a doc because he wouldn't allow us to speak because even in those days it was depressed uh mastectomy meant seventy two stitches. So he said, not until I've taken the stitches off, can you even tell her anything? And then she howled and,
1: you know, those, I mean, it was very really bad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think transfers doesn't affect a person, it affects mm-hmm. a lot of people. So that is that. Ma'am, is there any particular message that you want to
3: tell to cancer patients or caregivers? You know, um,
0: I uh, I can only say one thing from what I've learned mm-hmm. that if you allow a disease to eat you up, it's going to gobble you up. Mm-hmm. But if you allow it to be treated like any other disease you have to know that you have to get well. And it's a little, it's a battle of mind over matter in a very big way. Mm. But I think in most people lose the battle in the mind first. And even though I have seen the, the disease um, really up close, I can tell you one thing. Um, I never allowed it to get to me.
1: It's also because it didn't, my mother didn't allow to get to her. So because she didn't allow it to get to her,
0: she could leave a much better quality of life despite that you have to go through radiation, despite you have to go through chemotherapy. And I think that we, we, we thought it like, you know, if I had malaria, wouldn't I go through a checkup? Wouldn't I go through those bad medicines? And wouldn't I really want to get well soon? I would. So I still would. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people lose the battle even the moment they hear the word see. You know, there has to be a, and this, there is no taboo attached to this illness. It's a disease that can happen to anybody. Right. Just like corona can happen to anybody, there is no trouble to be hiding behind it. It's not that I invited the virus, right? It so happens that my body is weak enough and there's some kind of a DNA issue where the mutation of cells have happened inside my body and unfortunately I have to go through a bit of suffering. That's about it. So I I think people have to stay a bit positive in their state of being. And the moment you get rid of this taboo,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. we are home and dry. You know, you'll find there's a collective energy of people
1: that really help you to heal faster right well that's that's my learning from all of this is there anything else
0: that you would like to add I can't hear you
3: sorry is there anything else that you would like to add ma'am
0: no not really I only really wish there's was- an there is a
1: vaccine, there's a cure for it, and people shouldn't be dying. You can go through it, but come out with it. Thank you for sharing your experience, and I'm really sorry for your loss.
3: Okay, thank you. I hope my story was a bit different. Sorry? <laughs> I said I hope my story was a bit different. Yeah, it was different, and uh, for me, I felt it was a little tragic at the end. What happened with the exam. Well,
1: it is
0: tragic in the end for sure because you know when you, ultimately, when you succumb to something, it is tragic. Mm-hmm.
1: But you are very strong. I do have to admit that you yeah. are really strong, and I all the best for you. Thank you.